0: hey guys and welcome back to the worth living for podcast and today i'm going to be talking about mental health and relationship with god and here's my guest luke hey luke how you going Hey, how you going? Hello.
1: Hey, how you going? Oh there we go. Now you can hear me.
0: Can you hear me? Oh, man.
1: Yeah, that was hectic. I was trying to um get that all sorted, but on my phone it's trickier than doing it on the iPad.
0: <laughs> so sorry. When I saw your beer I thought you were like some Viking or something. <sighs> Huh. I thought my it laptop got I thought my laptop got hacked. <laughs> no nice. nah, man. So I know we haven't done one of these in ages. Mm. But um yeah, so with this podcast I don't have any agenda written out or any questions, so it's just going to be a general conversation. But um oh, yeah. yeah, man. Um my first thought and question would be um If I was just to randomly say mental health and relationship with God, what would your first thoughts be?
1: Well, that's a tough one. Um, I guess um finding um, your peace with who you are in God it's probably the biggest thing that comes to mind because um, I think the big thing is when we have mental health issues is we think that means we're not in God's grace in some way or that um, you know or there's something wrong with us or we're doing we're doing Christianity wrong so so What often happens is um, we'll kind of just start going in this little circle of judging um, and scrutinizing everything we do and trying to blame our actions on what's happening to us, I guess. Uh, And not realizing that you probably have some form of disability and that you actually need to find comfort in God's presence to help overcome that. Um, a bit like being born unable to walk or being born blind or something like that. Yeah. Um, where you could go around saying, you know, oh, well, I'm like this because of sin or I'm like this because of whatever. Like, because even in the Bible, um, You get people um, blaming sin for people's disabilities and things like that. They're like, oh, either their parents sinned or their grandparents sinned, you know, and that kind of thing. And Jesus is like, well, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And we just heal people. Um, so regardless of that being the case, um, it's important to find... Um, that sort of grace that God gives you, um, and to you know realize that you are important and you are wonderfully created, even when you have a disability, yeah, you know, like, um, like just knowing that, like, how complicated it is. For you to function as a normal human, even with anxiety, even with depression, like there is um, three miles of blood vessels in your pinky tip Mm. in your pinky tip. There's three miles of blood vessels if you stretch it out end to end like that is super complicated Mm. for your body to actually work and people lose value in themselves um and that's where the problem starts is when people start not seeing themselves the way that god sees them they see themselves the way that um they think they ought to be seen or the way the devil sees them so
0: yeah and would you would you possibly make the argument that the reason why the church or even just as christians the reason why some people don't think you can have a relationship with God if you have some sort of mental illness some mental health. It's not because they don't really believe that, but maybe it's because they actually haven't had conversations with people that have an amazing relationship with God, but then also have this thing that's not their identity, but maybe it's so specific and a little bit debilitating that they have to take medication, you know? Um,
1: So there's actually a bit of um, a dogma around God fixes everything. mm
0: -hmm.
1: So what some people who come to Christ believe is that, ah, well, if you're depressed, if you're anxious, if you're this, if you're that, and you come to God, he fixes it and makes you perfect. And, oh, look at my life. It's so much better. Everything's great now. So he does that for everyone, and if he doesn't do it for you, well, then you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. Um. You'll find people that had financial trouble before they came to God, and all of a sudden they don't. And so often what God saves us from, um, if we are immature about it, we start to believe that God will automatically do that for every single person who gets saved.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So me, for example, um, when I got saved, um, I was saved from all my aggression. Um, Alcoholism went away soon after, you know, but like my whole language changed when i got saved so the day before i got saved every second word was um, the f bomb and every third word was the c bomb mm. but then the day i got saved it just, just it stopped like someone flicked a switch yeah now if i were immature about it i would be saying well Unless that happens to you, then obviously you weren't saved then, were you?
0: Yeah.
1: Or obviously you don't have a relationship with God then, mm. you know. But I've seen plenty of Christians. I know plenty of Christians. Um, I'm not, you know, going to start naming names or anything um, purely um, for privacy sake. Um, but they're loving, awesome Christians who will occasionally swear, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and they might swear sometimes, but like that doesn't dis- discount them from the love of God. That doesn't discount them from their relationship with God and their walk with God. Yeah. That is just um, a small part of who they are and whether or not God has deemed it necessary them to stop swearing is it's not my place to say because I'm not God, yeah. Um, you know, like with me and my walk, God deemed it necessary for that change that I had, and I believe that was purely to show me to show me not anyone else but to show me that God was real, yeah. and the thing with all these people who still swear still drink, still smoke still whatever when they have met with God that is because what changed in them when they were saved is what mattered to them so they knew they had salvation
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it goes the same thing goes for depression and anxiety yeah. you might get healed of depression and anxiety when you get saved you might get um healed of a long-term illness yeah you, you might get healed of a long-term disability but that's the thing that is for you that is 100 percent for you it is a gift from god for you it is not a gift to then judge others by. It's not a measuring stick. It's not a bar to meet. And so people who, funnily enough, don't have a strong enough relationship with God will think that it is a bar that needs to be met mm. because they don't speak to God enough directly directly. Yeah to listen to his wisdom about that matter yeah and when they start pulling out scriptures to contradict um you know people with uh mental illnesses walking with god that's them actively working against god and his plan yeah so it's the really, um they're really the ones which are struggling, not the person with the
0: yeah mental issue. So pretty much what I'm, what I'm picking up, what you're throwing down, is basically like it's a sorry, not basically. It's probably wrong thing to say, but pretty much like um, like because it, because it's a personal relationship, you know, it's personal to each individual. So, you know, yeah. just because like when you get saved, your depression gets healed, well, it's not a free pass for you then to try to look at someone else's life with a fine tooth comb or a magnifying glass to try to figure out, well, hey, if you're actually saved, how come you're not set free from this thing? And how come you need medication? But I don't, but it's, exactly. like, but it's just like, well, your journey and your story is completely different and separate to someone else's. The only way that we're connected is if we both have a relationship with God, but doesn't mean the entirety of our walk or relationship with God is going to be the same, you know. Yep. And the other thing was, man, because in my interview that I did with um Ben Dixon, he he shared a story where he um he was talking to one group of people at church, no swearing, talking to another group of people, every second word was F-bomb, just whatever. And his pastor pulled him aside and said, mate, you're so like double standard right now. I have no idea who you, who you are or who, you, or who you're trying to be. And so in his story, it was a moment of confrontation, but then also an opportunity to reflect. Well, yeah, OK, that's kind of true. Like if I say I'm Christian or whatever, or, or I'm different, but then I'm um, this group of people different and this group of people I'm just swearing. You know what I mean? Something's got to change, but that's his story. But for someone else, that might not that might not happen until they actually have a legitimate encounter with God. You know, but um...
1: yeah, and yeah, it's um, it's um, that's the thing. Like there are parts of the New Testament that say things like our language changes, yeah, like and that our our way of being changes now. If, let's say, for example, here's a really good example of what we're trying to discount here is that let's say you've got one Christian who swears, smokes, but gives to the needy, gives to the homeless, is always looking after other Christians, is always um, making sure that they act in a Christ-like manner when mm-hmm. it comes to their behavior towards others. And then on the other hand, you have someone that doesn't smoke, doesn't swear, always dresses nice, always is showered, always is everything like that, well groomed, but they do not give to the needy. they do not step out in faith they do not pray for people like they don't do any of those things but they have the the appearance the the countenance of someone who is religious now just looking at that from the surface it sounds exactly like the difference between the people who were disciples of jesus and the people who were like the religious leaders During Jesus' time, the religious leaders always made sure they weren't swearing. They were above the common folk. They were clean. They were nice. They were presentable. They were excellent. or they appeared excellent. But they neglected all of the work, which was important. Because that wasn't their job according to themselves, because they allocated that to themselves. And so what you get is this whole doctrine of looking nice, being shiny, but doing absolutely nothing for God. Mm. When the people who are gritty and doing the work and getting out there and talking to people who aren't close to God, you know, like they're going out into the lion's den. You know what I mean? They're going out where the wolves are. They're going out and they're actually doing the work. And so sometimes the fact that their culture hasn't changed too much puts them in a better position to evangelize. It puts them in a better position to pray for people. Because you yeah. have someone who is similar enough to you and they say hey man, that problem you have, like the fact that like you've got a busted up leg, I can pray for you right now and it'll get healed because Jesus is awesome. And they pray for them and get healed. But that foot in the door was the fact that they weren't too different.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: it's our differences that give us position, that position us where God wants us. So some people, God does want to be, you know, shiny and excellent, but he doesn't want them to neglect their other duties. You know, some people, God doesn't mind if they're really rough around the edges, you know, because God can still use you if you're rough around the edges. And I think that's the big difference there now if you're rough around the edges but you don't do the work of god that is when you are someone who is being of the world um but someone who is nice and shiny and looks christian but doesn't act christian is no better than someone who's of the world you're literally just doing the same thing but Trying to make it look like you're not. So, in that case, there would be no argument to act like one group or the other, mm. um, unless one group was doing the work of Christ yeah. and actually praying and healing and seeing miracles and doing the work. Because the biggest problem we have nowadays is people watering down Christianity to following rules to look nice because the leader of whatever church or the leaders in a church just aren't seeing miracles. So they go, oh, well, we, that mustn't be important mm. because they're not seeing it. But like I see it all the time when I pray for people. I get people in other countries that I yeah. pray for. Like, yeah. I literally pray for them via text message because they're messaging me they're instantly healed or there's instantly this happens or instantly that happens and it's because
0: of prayer mm. that's just the thing because,
1: that's like, the yeah. thing
0: though man because um yeah because i thought i've thought about, I've thought about it a little bit yesterday and just this week in general but i think the church and just to bring the whole mental health from relationship with god into context i think i feel like The church has watered down the gospel so much so that some some of us don't fully understand that Well, if you've got a bunch of people that are coming to your service with issues, that's amazing because that's the reason why you're a pastor. That's the reason why you're there. And and also this week, I really felt like God saying, because for years, I asked God to removed uh i won't remember i i won't mention the the uh the specific thorn that was in my side but for years i kept praying god remove this because it's uncomfortable it's frustrating it's pissing me off you need to remove it and i remember hearing god say well instead of praying for me to remove this thorn why don't you pray and ask how i can use it and like help you use that pain to help other people. And, mm. you know, through that changing of prayer, my mental health changed, you know, I was still getting depressed here and there, but like everything changed because instead of asking God to remove something that, well, he clearly didn't want to remove, but he wanted to use everything sort of changed, you know, and maybe that's yes. the difference because, the church just doesn't understand that will, you know, yeah. Okay. You've got people in your church with issues. They're not perfect, but that's the point. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, actually that what you just said is a, um, exact perfect example of what Paul went through. Hmm. Paul had, so people, not many people know this cause they don't read into it, But Paul had social anxiety. He actually writes about it a lot. He wasn't very good at public speaking in front of crowds. He was an excellent writer. He was a very powerful writer. But he was not comfortable talking in front of crowds. He was very meek and humble when it came to talking in front of crowds because he was so anxious all the time and that when he refers to it, he calls it a thorn in his side as well, which is where we get that actual turn of phrase from because it's hard to translate that, but it's a Hebrew saying. um, It actually derives from that language, meaning um, having a problem that is permanently there.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Now, because of that, and Paul writes about it, but he wrote in his letter to, I'm not sure if it was Corinthians um, or Ephesus, but he wrote that um, despite his inability to preach like other preachers
0: yeah,
1: and only coming humbly, preaching humbly to them they were still empowered yeah even though it wasn't the best preaching in the world it wasn't the most magnificent message everyone's heard they were still empowered by the words he preached and god's will happened for that church even though he was an anxious mess when he was preaching yeah yeah that is important to remember that this man who wrote most of the new Testament had an anxiety issue. He preached with anxiety, but his anxiety made him humble when he preached and that humility that he had made the preaching all the more powerful. Because it was genuine. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's through that genuine faith that we have that miracles happen, that amazing works of God happen, because that's what God uses. He doesn't use how pretty we are and how perfect we are. He uses that genuine faith that we have.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing, man. I, I love that analogy. I know it's not an analogy. It's literally from the Bible. <laughs> but imagine cause you kind of said something similar before, different different story or whatever. But if you imagine like you're at a high school, right, and you've got a dude with a suit, he, he drove in in a Ferrari or something like that. He gives a talk about mental health, probably has never experienced it himself or whatever. I doubt most people would respond. But then if you got a dude that comes with a huge beard, disheveled, looks homeless, drove in like a bomby car, shared shared some advice, some wisdom or whatever. Maybe wasn't Christian, but that's not the point. I guarantee you a lot of people would respond. Maybe a few blokes or whatever would give him a hug at the end in tears. Cause he shared from a place of you know, experience and talking about some of the things it is being through, and yeah. it's different. It's different because you've got someone talking from experience, and, but then also like, hey, this is what I did, this is how I felt, but this is who I am now. I know yeah. my appearance doesn't look like I'm different, but i totally am. But then the other bloke, I I just don't think many people would respond because he looks like yeah. someone who's talking without experiencing it. You know what I mean?
1: A lot of people would respond purely out of, oh, well, he looks all good and is rich. Mm -hmm. I want to be like Mm -hmm. that. That's where that comes from. Prosperity gospel is what that is. So when people preach prosperity gospel, which is very similar to what we were talking about, um, prosperity gospel means that once you're following God, everything goes good in your life. Yeah, you become rich, you become popular, you look nice, you smell nice, mm-hmm. you are successful in everything you do, you get money. Yeah, um, and that is how you know you're following God.
0: Yeah, That's this prosperity. is the other. Th- this is the other thing I wanted to bring up, man. Um, which I was hoping you were gonna be the one to do it, but um, I'll share my thoughts, man, and then jump in. But um, th- this is the main thing I want people to understand in this episode is that. Just because you have a relationship with God, it doesn't devoid you of suffering. It doesn't, you know, devoid you of going through stuff. Because at the end of the day, being a Christian, it's like a refining process. Like God's Mm. wanting us to become more like him daily. But if you're not going through like a pressure cooker, if you're not going through things that test your patience, test whatever, nothing changes. And you just become comfortable. You know, like yeah. sitting on the couch, kind of like I am. you got your feet kicked up, your cup of coffee, and you don't have to walk out the front door and face life. But at the end of the day, when you're a Christian, you have to face those things because if you don't, you, you don't go through that refining process. And yeah. why would we need the armor of God if we're not going to walk out the front door and face life, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And, um, um... Yeah, it is like that. It's, um, it's a never-ending process. And if you're all of a sudden, if you think you've made it, if you think you're there yet, you're incorrect. Mm. And that is the problem most people who come to Christ faced. They will face it. They will see people who look like they've made it, look like people who have their life together. yeah yeah. and they will think the person has their life together and then so they will try to emulate being like that person because they look like they have their life together yeah but all the other person is doing is avoiding their problems Mm -hmm. and not embracing god to help them through anything it's just them trying to look good yeah um which is unfortunate. But yeah. that's often the way it is. Um but yeah, so it's just a matter of knowing that um it's okay for you to have problems. Yeah. Like yeah. it is actually expected mm-hmm. that you will continue to have problems, but God will be with you to strengthen you yeah. and help you. With a lot of your problems, and you may not be cured of anything that you have to face, but God can use it.
0: Yeah, I actually, I actually heard this saying a little while ago. I think it was kind of like if you don't have issues or um, you're not currently wrestling with something, it either means because you're not spending time with God, um, and asking him to help you change uh or you're going to step into something eventually and how you respond now is how that's going to go if that makes sense mm. oh by the way man we're at that stupid 9 minutes 40 whatever so you can talk the rest of it my friend
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's You'll fill nine minutes. You don't stop talking. Um, so.
0: I didn't say that. Uh, gosh. Um, well, we can go back and forth, man. No pressure.
1: Much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's Luke's um... little cheer
0: squad in the back. You can do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've just got my cat here and she's asleep. So she's not cheering. Um,
0: yeah, that's so, like because um, we got the rat, one of our rats on Bell's pen, and I heard her scratching before, but I was like, nah, unless my microphone's right up there, you're not going to hear it. Okay.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I think um, a big part of the issue that we face um, as Christians, um, especially, like mostly the people who have a hard time with being judgmental of others is they'll get into that honeymoon period when you first get saved and everything is going better, mm. but they don't want to leave it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: so they stay in honeymoon mode, but don't enter marriage life.
0: Yeah. Wow. So what
1: they'll do yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: is every time it gets uncomfortable, they crawl back in to where it is comfortable and where Oh, yes, God. Oh, I'll just worship you every day. Oh, I'll read my Bible every day. Oh, mm. oh, this is wonderful. All the feelings. And they'll stay
0: there. So just to jump into what you're saying, would you say it's kind of like when it gets uncomfortable and it doesn't feel like the honeymoon, it feels like the marriage, people just want divorce sort of thing? So they want to like separate themselves They either
1: want to go back to the honeymoon or they'll divorce and leave the church. Yep. Yeah.
0: Man, that's it. I've never heard anyone put it like
1: that, but yeah, man. It's exactly what it's like. It's a relationship. And if you aren't willing to battle, if you aren't willing to fight alongside God against the problems of this world, then you've entered into a marriage unwittingly without understanding the full responsibilities of that character. Yeah. Um, you are an elder at church if you are um a leader at church your responsibility is a massive weight and Mm. you really need to take your role seriously like it doesn't matter if you can't see i've learned this um through wisdom through god but at first i had an issue with people who couldn't pray and people get healed straight away yeah yeah because i was like but hold on if i can do it why can't these people do it when they're leading the church Mm -hmm. and i got really upset by people who couldn't heal but god eventually taught me yeah but that's your ministry like that is what i've given you to be able to do yeah other people are gifted in different ways like um, in their giving or in this or in that. So I can't say whether someone is or is not following Christ through the miracles they perform or through this or through that. It's purely from the fruit that yeah. they produce on a daily basis.
0: It's so true, man, because, and... I mean, you know me, I've been going to church since 2009, and I still don't know what my gifting is. But... Mm. I I think it might be just being honest and, and open because not, not everyone is, you know, but it it's true because yeah, just not many people know what their gift is yet. Um mm. and it's just yeah, like you said, it's just that relationship, you know.
1: Yeah, that's it. Um and it's it's following where God is pushing you and actually going with it. Mm. It doesn't matter if you're disabled. I have a mental illness, a neurodivergent issue, and I have a, a issue <clears throat> that's causing me to go blind. Mm-hmm. So I have three disabilities, and I am still praying for people on the other side of the planet and seeing them get healed. Yeah. I am still stopping and giving a homeless person 20 bucks. I am still... You know, praying for the pastor who just gave an amazing sermon, but I can see that he's suffering from something that's hurting him in his personal life, yeah. that's making him upset and discouraged. Mm. And I'm going up to him and telling him how amazing he is and praying for him.
0: Yeah,
1: Pastor, who is the person everyone thinks has their life together. But that's because God's given me the wisdom to know that he's just a person too and god will give me the wisdom to know hey he's actually going through a really financial rough spot at the moment or he's going through this or this person's going through that and i've just learned to listen and it doesn't matter what your gift is it doesn't matter you know where you perform well and where um the gifts that god has given you you need to recognize what that is in particular. And go and do it. Like yeah. You need to figure out. And if you don't know and you can't figure it out, ask God for the wisdom to help you to know. Yeah. Ask God to send friends to tell you, hey, you know that you're actually really good at this. You know how many years it took for God to send friends to tell me, actually, the thing you're really good at doing is encouraging people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was good at teaching. Turns out I suck at it. I just know a lot. Yeah, yeah. So because I knew a lot, I was misguided. I thought that because I knew a lot, I must be good at teaching. No, yeah. turned yeah. out that I'm just a sponge for knowledge, and what mm-hmm. I'm good at is encouraging other people.
0: Wait, you're sponge people-
1: bro? Yeah, totally. Um, but I'm able to help people and motivate them yeah. to um be themselves to to get up and fight to mm. you know like equipping people with the ability to like you know and the motivation to get up and yeah. then that's what I do and then mm. if i if i can't do that through my words i do it through praying for people and they get healed yeah because when they that they've been healed and they're like oh my god you've just relieved me of this massive burden and yeah. then they get up and, you know, um, it's just having the faith to do what God has called you to do is yeah. the major step yeah. and it has nothing to do with your mental health, um, or your abilities whatsoever. Yeah. It's, uh, God will provide.
0: Right, so, man. We know. got two. uh, officially a minute 55 left. So I just wanted to say to anyone that listens to this episode um, or watches it, YouTube or whatever, just understand that um, mental health and relationship with God is like, you know, the relationship with your friends, your, your parents, your wife, your children or whatever, it's just showing up. It's not having to be perfect and it's not having to rip out whatever mental health you have just so you can feel normal. It's not about that. It's just about showing up. Um, And yeah, just living in that relationship and letting it flourish, you know, but yeah. Any, you wanted to add Luke?
1: Yeah, no, you're, you're right. It is about, um, it's about being there. It's about showing up. It's about um, doing what you would do in a relationship. It's not, um, it's not about, saying the right things it's about doing the right things
0: Mm.
1: it's about making like not making promises but being there when you need to be there by Mm. doing what you need to do you know which is how relationships work um so yeah it's like that your mental health does not affect where god wants you to be people's opinions of you make you feel like you're not being where god wants you to be so always follow where God is directing you and don't worry about what people are telling you. It's probably the last thing I'll...
0: Thanks, Luke. I'll see you next one.
1: No worries. See ya.